This is Meg John Barker. And Justin Hancock. And this is... The Meg John and Justin Podcast. Woo! Yay! Wow, that was confusing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Uh, no, I like you to keep me on my toes. Well, yeah, uh, I felt, felt like we had like an ongoing agreement that we, we'd be present at the beginning yes. of the podcast and we, that we were just... Oh, so you were doing like a wake up moment, like the Buddhists do. Like that was sometimes just like wake you up with a little like pop well, you into something. A I was kind of hoping. Unusual. Yeah, well, I was hoping that you would start it, so I was kind of looking at you. I and was then about you, to, and then oh, you, 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 were, you got that. Oh, just because I was a little slow. In. Yeah. Oh, like men do. Crossing <laughs> um, Welcome back, dear gentle. Rough. Texture. Smooth. Smooth. Smooth listener. Oh, smooth I like that. Smooth listener. The smooth listener. The smooth. Relationships advice podcast for yeah. the smooth. Late night listening smooth. for the smooth, smooth. listener. Smooth. We're on smooth FM. That is an actual thing. Yeah. Yeah. We could, we could do that. No, no, it'll be smooth and we drove home and uh, the, the radio station that was on was Smooth FM yeah. it was one of the most comforting amazing things I can't remember who it was oh. but the smoothness was exactly what I needed right wow. it was like somebody has sent this kind of just this vibe yeah. to me and all you need to do is just to like go home and you know try and sleep mm. and just try and mm. deal with what's been happening and Smooth FM is like wow. the ideal thing so like a warm blanket and it's people are often snobby about you know radio shows like that, but yeah. you know, if it can give any, if it can give people that kind of level of yeah, comfort, yeah, yeah, because that got really serious really quickly. Oh, I like Sorry that. About that. No, I like it. And we were talking another podcast we want to do is music and love and sex yeah. and you know music as a love language and mu- music as a sexy thing and like yeah, yeah, you yeah. know music is. Uh, really important yeah yeah so shout out to smooth fm yeah thanks smooth fm for i don't think i've listened to you since because no. it's too sad but you know, <laughs> shout out anyway yeah um, well, this is it we like our listeners rough smooth gentle textured, textured. and otherwise and there's a space for everyone and slightly a, slightly gravelly there's a space for gravelly fm like they should totally get on that gravelly <laughs> fm yeah. oh i wonder what their advice <laughs> show would be like <laughs> Okay, so we have another question, dear listener. So this one is, it's a long question. Thank you for that. We're not going to read the whole thing out. Yeah, well, this is the thing. We, we like to, you know, if we'll read out a question if it's sort of like a short paragraph. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll just synopsize. So if you're sending us a question, just be aware of that. But it's nice for us to get a bit of background. Yeah, yeah, it is nice. And actually, it, it, it's helpful to us to think about what the, what troubles the listener and what, you know, what, you know yeah. what is going on for our listeners yeah. but we're not going to read out all your, all no, your no, no. Yeah. Um, so this one is about how to handle like public displays of affection in this case in particular in the um, in a non-monogamous setting yeah. so um, say they're going to like a a party or a meet up or yeah. something like that and there's another person there that, the, that uh, your partner's in a relationship with yeah you might the polyamorous community would call that a metamorph yeah, yeah, your your or, partners and the partner. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, what to what extent is it okay for them to be affectionate yeah. physically with your person? Yeah, and I suppose it might be there in a more open relationship context. It's like if you go out together, but there's an idea that you might be 
like have some kind of erotic contact with other people while yeah. you're out in a more casual way. Yeah. yeah, I think we're kind of we're going to make this a bit more broader to talk about public displays of affection generally. Exactly. And the kind of in the monogamous and non-monogamous context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we think that there's some good, uh, some useful stuff for a lot of yeah. listeners. Yeah, there's sp- some specific stuff about what's it like when it's your partner and yeah. you're seeing and being physically affectionate with somebody else, yeah. and that could also be friends. You know, as well, it might not be oh, sexually affection, physical affection, big and that, but then there's also your inner public context, and like any kind of public display of affection in a public context is what, one that's worth thinking about. Yes, I mean, if I've got, um, so for example, if yeah. uh, I'm talking about me, uh, I'll talk about a fictionalized version of me. Oh wow! Uh, a version of me that uh, I feel is, like if we were a YouTube, we could then go to an animation of like cartoons would be, be the fictionalized. That would be awesome. Imagine that, gentle, rough listener. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I'm in a, so imagine a fictionalized version of me and I've been hanging out with my best friend all day and then um, his uh, romantic partner turns up. Yes. And then they immediately start like being very close and cuddly with each other. Yeah. And uh, I might immediately feel like, oh, okay, this is the hierarchy now. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, it might be quite sometimes seeing somebody else having that kind of level of affection with someone else might be actually for lots of different reasons and this is the important one about like not just thinking non-monogamy because that in itself in a way puts that hierarchy oh it would only be a problem if you if it's your partner doing something with another partner but actually you know I might struggle if it's my partner doing that thing with their best friend that I feel somehow excluded from or I'm reminded that they have a much longer relationship with all of this stuff in play that they don't have with me or yeah any, any of these things can be tricky in any kind of relationship yeah. yeah I think we're kind of talking more about it, this as a uh, as a sex thing aren't we that's, the, yeah. that's where we're kind of coming at it from so yeah. um, we'll stick with that yeah so um, so let's talk about um, the kinds let's unpack it a little bit I suppose yeah. you know so if um, uh, you're at a at a meetup of gathering of people and you see someone else snogging yeah. someone else, so like a, um, a friend of yours or a partner or whomever, yeah, and there's some public snogging, yeah, yeah, yeah. or there's some uh, hand-holding or kind of cuddling, which is like, yeah. not hug, but you know, like cuddly kind yeah. of. Um, or flirty, of, flirty banter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the kind of thing that we're talking yeah. about here, just to define our terms. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's similar to what we were talking about last time about people talking about sex and how that could actually, for some people, mm. be a sex act. Yeah. And there's a, there's a territory here that's similar. It's like if people are being quite sexy with each other in front of other people, to what extent are they drawing those other people into effectively having sex with them? Yeah. Like in terms of watching, like yeah. if you know if you're turned on by seeing some people snogging or by seeing some people broke each other or hearing that flirty banter you know in a way the people doing it have unwittingly brought you into there and then it can put you in a really uncomfortable position of like do you look away because it's arousing you or do you do you look or you know yeah complicated yeah mm. and even kind of bringing people into having those thoughts about whether they should or shouldn't be looking mm. it, that's already put them in a position where they're having to react to something exactly necessary, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah expecting and so it's about being aware of how your actions may be interpreted by other people being around and it's not good enough just to say well this is what 
we're doing, we don't care how other people yeah. are going to see how, perceive what is happening to us because that you, when we're doing anything consensually with other people, we have to take other people where they exactly. are and at the point that they're at. But so similarly to again what we were talking about in terms of talking about sex, um, there's the, also the normativity bit to, to flag up up front of like who gets to do PDAs and who doesn't. Yeah. So, you know, if we could say hand-holding should kind of be okay. We, we can unpack hand-holding in a moment, but yeah. we say that's generally something that people get to do. Well, you know, historically some people haven't been able to do it and some people yeah. have. And it may be that sometimes people doing PDAs is about trying to do an antidote to the, the years and years that they haven't yes. been able to do PDAs. Yes. So, you know, want to be mindful of that territory as well, of who yeah. gets to do it and who doesn't. And, you know, is it suddenly seen as a problem when it's less normative people say a same-sex couple or people doing something that flags you know is it is it comes up in the news sometimes that someone wearing like a collar is a problem where somebody wearing a wedding ring isn't or that kind of thing as well yeah. it's, it's that sort of territory isn't I it? think it's important to check on the politics of this about, yeah. uh, if, uh, on your level of discomfort if it would be okay for us for a straight couple to snog in a public place, would it be okay for a gay couple? Yeah, yeah, and if what it is is your discomfort is actually around the non-normativity yeah. rather than around the yeah. um, PDA itself, then yeah. check your privilege. Big yeah. time, yeah. yeah. Um, the, um, so it's important to be thinking, it's important to be really mindful if you're the participant of the thing that could be read as sexual, yeah. to be aware that um, other people may feel like they are in some way part of your scene. Yeah. Now that can be super complicated because yes. the way that we um, communicate with each other affectionately mm -hmm. can be very, very different depending on the different relationship exactly. setup that we're talking about. And what about. counts, you know, what counts as erotic or sexual contact and what counts as not. Yeah. And I was saying it's almost like concentric circles. You can imagine this and perhaps quite easy inner circle that's like definitely this is sex yeah. and there's a quite easy outer circle definitely this isn't yeah. but in most relationships I guess there's going to be that in between where you know we're using pet names or yeah. you know we're making a little nod to something that actually happened during sex you know in, yeah. a, in a normal conversation or there's a little bit of the dynamic that we have insects creeps in could easily bring in a DS dynamic that might be sexual but in a non-sexual context that could be this grey area yeah, of that is exactly and uh, it, it could be that um, I was once having lunch with a couple who I knew to be in a 24-7 DS yeah. relationship and it was the only it's the only time that I'd known that it was the first time I'd ever encountered that yeah. and I was wondering to what extent I'm involved in a scene here yeah. it didn't make me feel uncomfortable but it was a thing that I was thinking about and again it's a, it's a tricky one that because you could say well the whole of their relationship in a sense is erotic in that case but actually I guess my yeah from what I know of like 24-7 relationships it's like again those concentric circles would be in play it's yeah. like sometimes the yeah. DS is playing out in a pretty non-sexual way other times in a very explicitly sexual way yeah. and then some stuff that's in between Definitely. and again it's like a non-normal normative setup like that they shouldn't have to sort of please sit for everybody else but they certainly should be aware of like not bringing other people into what is yeah. effectively a, a sexual scene yeah but it's not a completely simple no. situation it's yeah. not as it, it's so i think what the 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 listener was getting at with their question was yeah. is it okay for my partner to be snogging another one of their partners yeah. in front of me 
And to a certain extent, that's quite a straightforward thing to answer because it's like, well, you need to decide your rules about how you... Yeah, what's your relationship agreements around yeah. uh, physical affection? Yeah. yeah. Then what we're thinking about is, okay, how might that be read by everyone else? Yeah. Around? Like, yeah. if I'm there and I'm seeing this and I don't know them and there's a couple making out, I'm like, yeah. is it that kind of party? And what's the meaning? And again, we could go back to a nice simple example that, that kind of counts across everybody of hand-holding. Yeah. But what's, you said earlier like to me, what's, what's the meaning of the hand-holding? It's like these two people in the pub are holding hands. Like one person could sit down and see that as possession. It's yeah. like, I'm really uncomfortable around that. It's like that person belongs to you and that's what you're flagging. Mm-hmm. And that feels uncomfortable. So I don't yeah. think people should be each other's possessions. Mm-hmm. Another person could feel excluded because they've just been through a breakup. And yeah. it's almost like, oh, those people are deliberately saying I'm, I'm in such a cozy yeah. couple Another people could such a person could be like oh that's such so nice that you're able to do that in front of me and bring me into your relationship they yeah. could feel really included yeah. and, and you were saying like, what if it's just a grounding thing what if that person knows the other person's socially anxious yeah. and they're just doing the thing that keeps them nicely grounded yeah. so they can have a conversation and they're just kind of that, that, that kind of hand holding which might just be like yeah. Um, that might be read as being something more intense than a handhold. Like you mm. know, it might be like a, a stroking of the yeah. hand and like a, a quite a deliberate handhold, I guess is what I'm yeah. saying, rather than an active handhold, rather yeah. than like a passive handhold. And yeah, it could just be like a very nice grounding thing yeah. uh, for that person to for that person. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the it is very complex because what you're seeing is not necessarily what you're seeing but how we, can, we can't also escape from the fact that we are being read yes exactly by people. yeah yeah, um, yeah and so this is where um consent really comes in here because there is there is definitely uh, a third handshake approach to this again yeah. third handshake approach we in our handshakes video we talk about the third handshake being what if we could just slow down really pay attention to everything that's going on yeah. and notice what's going on for us and the other person and in this case the other people in the Surrounding room so people, yeah. can we notice that uh, if someone's just started snogging or if someone's just nibbling someone's ear or something yeah. like that then other people are kind of rolling their eyes or yeah. looking the other way or <laughs> coughing yeah. <laughs> well timed or, um, <laughs> or um, you know just suddenly people are leaving to go to the loo or yeah. to go, you know like, or going outside for a cigarette or something like that and again uh, something we said last time as well was like if you're someone who struggles for whatever reason of neurodiversity or cult- mm-hmm. being from a different cultural background so that most of the people in the group then making it more second handshake and more explicit yeah. could be the way to go because it's kind of like you're not so able to read those kind of signals so you could say hey you know what's what's sort of all right here and what isn't you know yeah. and share what share where you're at with that as well yeah, yeah. and so and phrases having stopped phrases here might be quite useful like yeah. um, you know people often say like get a room in quite a jokey way yeah or, yeah uh, not that kind of party uh, yeah. is another one that <laughs> I've certainly used uh, <laughs> um, or just like uh, mate or yeah. really <laughs> yeah. or, couldn't you just go and yeah. around the corner and, like, oh. yeah, yeah. Um, you know these things these kinds of communications can be done in this kind of low stakes yeah. kind of way that makes it clear that something is happening that you're not very comfortable with but also is <coughs> a, a strong enough challenge to them that they know that they should yeah and again it's going to be contextual you know in some in some settings making it very explicit and talking about it very kindly is the way 
other times the friendly banter is the, you know sometimes the friendly banter could feel too harsh for someone other times the kind of really explicit bringing it up could feel too harsh so it's like and sometimes this is also about like a, a bigger piece where you might want to contact somebody afterwards to say you know you know yeah here then there's also if this is like uh like some kind of sex positive meetup or yeah. lunch or something then there might be organizers and facilitators yeah. whose job it is to kind of make people there may well be ground rules about what's appropriate exactly. in different spaces you know like for, yeah i suppose kink events there's sometimes munches where i mean people might try some stuff out or be yeah. a bit flirty but it's not really a play party yeah uh, a play party would be more assumed that people could but again yeah. there would be limits around what kind of sex and how you're able to do it or yeah, yeah. so there is this um there are also i guess informally people who might be a facilitator as well so in like yeah. a in a group space if there are a group of people mm. people often take on different roles in a group yeah, so, yeah. Um, somebody might be um coming up with a lot of ideas somebody else wants to be like the funny person yeah somebody else wants to kind of organize other people want to, might want to be a facilitator bringing people in and making yeah. sure people are feeling okay so it might be that somebody takes on that role in the group or that we could take on that role in the group yeah. of being someone who's looking out for these things to yeah. the person who might know quite a lot of people who might be able to kind of set the tone for yeah. what kind of party this is and actually yes. you know and we're talking about just any kind of meetup or gathering yeah, really. yeah, yeah. and um, you know that people might take on that role or you might want to think about taking on that role yourself yeah yeah um, so I guess do we want to go back to the specifically non-monogamy version of this yeah I think let's let's do that to give the yeah. the, the, the listener some solid advice here yeah I think that everything we've said is 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 relevant there is the assumption i think that if you're doing there's a script about non-monogamy right that you should be, it should be like anything goes and it should yeah. be like that that um if you're not up for your part seeing your partner snogging someone else in front of you then you're not really non-monogamous are you yeah and there's a real policing of emotion that can happen around it's not okay to be jealous or insecure or anything yeah. like that which is really problematic and most of the book, most of the books on non-monogamy will say you know actually you're bound to get jealous and insecure yeah. and actually it's all about being open about those things yeah. not using those emotions to police your partner's behavior but certainly being as <coughs> you know it's okay for the person who wants to do the thing to want to do it and it's okay for the person who finds it tough to find it tough yeah and then it's like holding both of those things and then where are you going to go from there exactly. and it's probably finding a middle ground of yeah. like you know is it well all of this is fine but these these things you keep it more separate yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah and that's where having uh, agreements about this beforehand are really important yes. and the, the the thing that is um the thing we're doing a non-normative or any kind of intentional relationship actually mm. is that if we're intentional that we need to be intentional about everything yeah and kind of thinking about these kinds of things yeah and being able to talk about them in a kind of little and often kind of way i agree like having ongoing touching in and if, if you have that kind of metamors relationship where actually the three of you or four whatever it is mm. do you kind of touch base quite regularly mm. like that can be really great you know you quite regularly have a conversation where you have you all get to check in about where you're at and then you get to decide what you want to talk about and have almost like a process meeting about physical yeah. affection or conflict or yeah. money or yeah. whatever. Um, I think that can be a really good way to go. <coughs> Obviously, not all non-monogamy works like that. It may well be that metamors 
do not spend any time with each other. It's much more of a V relationship where it's one person with each of those two separate people. Yeah. Um, that can be that can put the burden a bit on the person who's in the middle of the V to do all of those conversations twice over. Yeah. Um, so again, there's, there's some drawbacks to that arrangement, but I think that again it can work to have you know but just to make sure those conversations are out there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, we've done previous podcasts about this haven't we about um, negotiating um, changing uh, relationship agreements over time yeah yeah it might be worth a dear listener uh, <laughs> going back and listening to that we've got some more advice in there and also obviously we have our um, make your own relationship user guide yeah which is a really good springboard to be able to talk about these kinds of conversations yeah and to think about it and it doesn't have to you know it's not a drag to say you know oh so there might be we're going to this thing and there might be someone else there that you might want to snob can we just talk it's a really good idea to talk about and also like mistakes are going to happen you know I've had that where I've had a really great conversation about how are we going to manage this came up with what seemed like a win-win we actually got into the situation it was a lose-lose you know that person didn't get to enjoy themselves I felt shit you know it's like that's going to happen sometimes because you don't always you can't always predict what's going to trigger someone or what's going to feel good for somebody so giving yourself a lot of slack and the other person a lot of slack of like sometimes it just isn't going to work and then it's like fine you know we've learned from that experience how might we do it differently next time yeah yeah Yeah. so that's the so that's public displays of affection yeah. in those two different contexts but I guess it's the it's being aware if you're doing the affection it's being aware of yeah. everyone else in the room and it is on you to be doing that because you are the active person doing a thing yeah. potentially to other people yes, right? yes and being mindful of, yeah, where it, where does it fall in that clearly sexual clearly not sexual yeah. or somewhere in the middle ground that some, it might be read in that way by yeah. people yeah uh, ultimately, it's about being kind. Yeah. And, uh, As always. Caring, <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, um, yeah. Is there anything else to add? I think I'll do for now, but we would love to hear your questions if you have. We've been answering a few questions on the podcast of late, and it's we always like nice to have something to chew over, isn't it? Yeah, we've got this long list of uh, things yeah. to, to go through. So, um, we have a lot of things to talk about. We do. We're never gonna. We're gonna. This is gonna go forever. I think so. So one of us dies. Yeah. At which point, hopefully, we'll have some forewarning and we'll do a bunch about death. Oh shit! <laughs> like Irving Yalom. Yeah, this is it. Irving oh. Yalom is an existential therapist who writes a lot about death because he's getting really old now. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's really nice because he talks about it openly with all his clients and like yeah. writes about it and everything. That'll be us one day, but not for a while, hopefully. Yeah, that's hope. Oh, yeah, yeah. hope we've got a few more years of yeah. life. Yeah. Oh my God, the poignancy of the, I'll, I'll just say my bit, like you'll be gone. Obviously, she's going to die first, not me. And um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll be like, it's the, oh, right? Gosh. Wow. Super poignant. Right. We started this podcast we did. As talking about death and now we're ending it. And yeah. it's not, this podcast has nothing to do with death. <laughs> <laughs> No, no small talk with us. No, always big. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, listen to lots of episodes. A lot of people are doing that actually. They're going through our back catalogue and saying listen to our stuff. It's damn fine nice. back catalogue. Um, and uh, the uh, you can listen to that uh, via SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com forward slash Meg John Justin. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Meg John Justin. And what I try and do at the moment is to sort of tweet every day a kind of theme. So I like say consent months okay. and tweet all of our stuff around consent right, or right. feelings months and yeah. tweet all of our stuff. So follow us on Twitter and you'll get a sense of like, here's everything we've done about this topic. Yeah. 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 And it's a lot. Uh, we also yeah. have really, uh, really great blogs. We don't do transcriptions of episodes. Mm. Uh, but we do blogs that MJ writes, and they're great. Yeah, so, a good summary um, usually of what we've covered. Yeah, so if you'd rather read something, yeah. and it's also hopefully trying to be a bit access friendly in terms of people who can't hear. Yes, they can read the the blog post, or people who can't see can listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean we hope that's a bit. We hope that's better than a transcript, but also. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. Um, that is. It, isn't it? Our website is megjohnandjustin.com. Yeah. No, that is it. Yes. yes. <laughs> Where you can find all our stuff. Okay, thanks very much for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.